guys, it's Melissa. And I'm Jill. And we are Paramormal Podcast. We are two moms here to talk all things paranormal. We will provide full body chill episodes of our favorite cases that you will never forget. So be sure to tune in each week to hear new captivating cases based on facts, research, and of course, encounters. Welcome back, guys, to Paramama Activity Podcast. My name is Melissa. And I'm Jill. And today we are discussing The Conjuring 3, which unless you live underneath the rock, is was just released on HBO Max, which is great. We get the same money on those movie tickets and mm-hmm. watch it in the comfort of our own homes. It's upstreaming, guys, to July 4th, but I love... I love the Conjuring franchise, if you guys couldn't tell already. Oh, yeah. My favorite. Those are, like, the best horror movies, oh, in my The opinion. best producers, the, pre- yep. the best directors. Like, the really, really, really mm-hmm. great. And Incredible. I mean, come on. Patrick Wilson, guys, please. <laughs> please, come and do an investigation in my home anytime. Anytime. <laughs> I love him. Oh, my God. But before we get into the story and everything, of course, we have... Our fun or scary story from yeah. from Reddit that Jill will get started on. So why don't you yeah, tell us all about going. what you found? And we know Jill found it, so we don't yeah. <laughs> we know, don't know what we're gonna the things f- I find sometimes. So this one's a little bit of a a different take. So this is considered a deathbed phenomena. Ooh. So you'll understand as we read it. It's kind of like nice, but it's also Jill you know. would find this story. <laughs> so it's titled "My Son, My Grandma, and a Place Called Cryptodon." So let's stay with us. It's kind of long, guys. Here we go. All right. So my grandma lived to be 99 years old and passed about eight years ago. I'm now in my 40s. And to this day, I've never quite felt a connection to another human being as I shared with her. Right. I know that's the grandma. You know, a lot of people, you have that bond with your grandma. Yes. So now it says my wife was around two months pregnant with our first child when I had gotten word that my grandma wasn't doing so, so well. I was crushed. Um, that she likely wouldn't be able to meet my firstborn child. At this point, I lived across the country from where my grandma was, and I just started a new career. And um, my mom told me that my grandma had developed bad dementia, which dementia is, that's what my Nana actually suffered towards the end of her life. And it's terrible because, you know, they become like a different person and they don't know you. And it's, it's, yeah, no, it's like, they have their moments. It's one of the worst ways to go. It really is. So now, like, so his mom told him the grandma had uh, developed the bad dementia and suggested to him that it was okay to stay home and handle his priorities versus seeing her in this state. Now, I ultimately decided to stay home to help my pregnant wife. My grandma hung on for a couple of months, then passed. Now, so if you listen to this, it's going to get, there's going to be an important detail here. So it says, um, a few months later after that, our son was born. Now, this is the important detail. My son has these insanely piercing bright blue eyes and platinum blonde hair. All right, so remember that because it's going to come back. So now it says, um, fast forward six months or so, and I'm in my son's room one night trying to get him to sleep. He was in his crib and suddenly turned his head a bit to look up towards the corner of the ceiling, almost as if startled. Then he started laughing hysterically, like so hard he could barely catch his breath. I'm following his line of sight and looking up there. There are no nearby pictures or decorations up there, just a blank wall in that corner of the room. Which, okay, sometimes, I mean, I know they do say, like, babies do always usually sense presence, like, more than we might. Like, so sometimes, you know, they might stare at the corner of the room, laugh, smile, and it could be someone that they're seeing. So... 
That's what he was doing. So he said the next day it happened again, and he went to get his wife from the other room so she could see how hard he was laughing. She told me that he was doing the same thing during that entire week while he was at work. Uh. Yeah. Now it became a regular occurrence multiple times a day and borderline creepy because he was clearly seeing something up there. Then a couple months later, my mom came to visit. One night, she's helping me get my son ready for bed, and we get into conversation about my grandma's last days, particularly how her dementia was getting worse and worse as it went on until this one specific day. Here's the first kicker. She tells me this one day she goes to visit my grandma, and she's in bed, her feet dancing back and forth with a huge smile on her face, and it's the first somewhat normal conversation they have in about a month. Mom, so this is their convo, wow, you're so happy today. The grandma, yeah, my friend came to visit me again. Mom, who's that? The grandma says, the boy with the penguins. The mom goes, oh, is he a boy visiting someone in the nursing home? Grandma, no, he lives in there. Then she points to the corner of the room near the ceiling. To humor her, my mom asks what he looks like. Grandma says, the boy with the blue eyes and white blonde hair, he's going to visit me every day now. So this is where it gets, okay, so it says, now at this point, my jaw is practically on the floor. She proceeds to tell me how from that day forward, it's all my grandma will talk about. Every single day until the day she dies. A blue-eyed blonde boy with penguin friends who lives on a tropical island inside the wall pops in to visit her. I then tell my mom about my son and the giggling in the ceiling. We're both shocked at the coincidence and I ask what's with the penguins. My mom has no clue and neither do I. Now I want to believe at this point my grandma and son had some sort of otherworldly connection. But the rational side of me is like, she had dementia, babies do weird stuff sometimes, and penguins and tropical islands make zero sense. But here's the second kicker, so it's almost, uh, the story's almost over. So he goes, fast forward, my son is roughly four and a half. Out of the blue, he starts talking about this place where he used to live before he was born, called Cryptodon, every single day. This is my best interpretation, he said, of spelling it. Um, He says, Cryptodon is like a planet, but not near Earth, and where people can fly and animals talk among many other details. I listened to his stories about it, and I'm happy he has a big imagination. At this point, I had already forgotten about the penguins. One day, I'm going through an old photo album and see a pic of my grandma. I call my son over to come see the picture, and this is the first time I'm ever showing him a picture of my grandma. He says, I know her. She's my friend from Cryptodon. My hair stands up, and I ask him to tell me more about her, and he says, she came over and ate pineapples with me and my penguins on my island when I lived there. Oh, my God. He goes, I then burst into tears at the details of my mom's story uh, come rushing back to me. I feel like the probability of it all being only coincidence is nearly impossible. I don't know what it all means, but I'm so grateful to be able to finally share this. So this is, like, wild to me because it sounds like in the grandma's last few days of life, she was, like, having these connections already with the boy, and he still was seeing her after she passed and having, I guess enjoying time with her on an island with penguins it's just i don't know i got the chills when i read that oh definitely you know and it's the year 2021 and we still don't know if there's any other universes out there you know all this stuff and it's crazy i mean here's my thing everyone thinks that you know people get dementia or they have any other mental Mm -hmm. illness and they don't take them seriously i'm kind of like always um i i think i'm very not, not, I don't want to say naive, no, not naive, but I'm like the first to kind of believe them, but like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, like, what did you say? Like, what did you say? Like, no, that's, of that's beyond crazy, you know, that just, you, you just know. Because you almost feel like, an- okay, even though they're suffering from dementia, it's like another part of their brain is being activated that we maybe 
don't know how to use yet. Exactly. There's just them. so yeah. much that we still don't know about the human brain exactly. and exactly what else is out there. It's just it's yeah. crazy. That's the story gave me goosebumps. Right? It's wild. Seriously. It's just, it's yeah. bizarre. I wonder if he still, and also, a four-year-old, like, knowing that type of word, I mean, I I, from my understanding, like, our, our, I mean, I know our daughters are both under one. Yeah. Like, but like, I don't, like I don't feel like they wouldn't have that type of vocabulary. Kryptonon? No. Kryptonon? Yeah, Kryptonon. He like, said that's not, his best interpretation of, you know, how. Like, I mean, if Shar was to tell me Kryptonon, but yeah, I'd okay, be like, we're right. getting some scientific researchers out here. Yeah. Like what, like, you know, like that's we need crazy. to investigate more into this. Definitely. Yeah. That's beyond, oh, it's crazy. Yep. Wherever vice pay attention to everything that your babies tell you, because you know what? They might be onto something. Yeah. They know more than we do, I think, half the time. Oh, definitely. <laughs> At least Charlotte thinks she does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, going into this story, um, mm-hmm. one thing I do love about the Conjuring movies is that they, well, the Conjuring franchises, including Annabelle and The Nun and everything, all that oh, yeah. fun stuff. Is I mean, I'm not sure about The Nun, but they are based on, you know, true stories. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Hollywood comes in. I watched this movie as soon as I could. Yep. June 4th, my daughter goes down for a nap. I started it. I loved the first half. The first half, I think, was so great. It was very, you know, detailed. It was very similar, I think, to the story. But yes, I agree with you. We were just talking before we sat down to record, and the second half was, like, complete Hollywood, in my opinion. It was oh, dramatic. Yeah. It was not, you know, like that. I, I from at They least get a little carried our, away. Our, yeah, our research. A little yes. carried away. It's crazy. Um. I think they did a good job. Is it my favorite one? No. Um, I think it's better than The Conjuring 2. Yeah, the first one will always be oh my, my God, favorite. That yes. one was my God. That <laughs> one you cannot be, I don't think anybody can. You know, and it's, just, it's kind of, you know, sad when you, when you start, you know, when you come in with that because you can't really go ahead and beat that. It, you know, it, of it's, course. It's, it's like, how do you beat that? I just, I have no, no answers, but, um, yeah, so we're going to discuss this case tonight, guys. Um, it's Conjuring 3, otherwise known as The Devil Made Me Do It. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I just want to say before we start getting into the story. Um, so I went to the Zach Bagans Museum in Vegas, which I would talk about every day of my life if I could. <laughs> if I could. When I was about eight weeks pregnant with my daughter, Charlotte, and um, at that time, it was January of 2020, right before COVID hit, um, and he, Zach, he got the chair, there was a chair um, that, that he got that was used in the, I guess, the exorcisms. I could be wrong, don't quote me on that, but um, he had a whole exhibit, and I went with my best friends, and we... Saw the exhibit and halfway through them, you know, telling the story about why this chair is significant. Like, I literally feel my insides mm-hmm. burning. Um, and I, I really thought I was going to miscarry. Like, it just, I just, it was just crazy. And then as soon as we went to another exhibit, which probably was the Demon House, where actually it could have been uh, Charles Manson's remains, if I remember um, correctly, where his teeth, something like that. Um, it, it went away, but it was really like, it was kind of, I was scared. I'm like, oh my God. Oh yeah, I'd be petrified if you're feeling that kind of yeah, well, I was, the power just from seeing. Yeah, and like also that. on that trip, I found out my grandpa passed away, so I was dealing with that. But his services weren't for a week later, so I didn't have to rush home. So I was dealing with that. I'm like, please tell me I'm not going to miscarry too. On top of everything that I'm oh, dealing yeah. with, it was definitely terrifying. But that made me even more excited because I'm crazy, everybody, for this movie to come out. <laughs> so, The Conjuring Three: The Devil Made Me Do It. That's kind of the famous, famous line from it. 
And it's just important to know that it was the first U.S. case, U.S. court case to use demonic possession as a defense, which I always find interesting. Mm-hmm. I do, too. So basically, this all occurred in 1981. There was a murder trial, 19-year-old at the time, Arnie Johnson. He claimed he stabbed his landlord to death while under, under the influence of a demonic force. So he stated that up, in, you know, up until the mm-hmm. end, that he was very, you know, insistent on that. So let's, you know, go back and kind of see why he would think that he, that he was possessed. So in Brookville, Connecticut, which is a very small suburban town, and it, up until this murder, they have not seen one murder in the 193-year history, which is kind of, you know, crazy. That's, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's pretty wild. To- so this, I mean, and this murder, too, the whole fact that this was the first case to use demonic possession, this just had to throw the whole town for a loop. My God. Definitely. And it seems like this is the type of town where you can leave all your locks unlocked. Exactly. No one's coming. Like they're all family in a sense. Your kids could play, you know, yeah. outside to 10 p.m. and mm-hmm. they're going to come back untouched. Like that's what it kind of feels like we're going with this. Um, yep. So then here comes a good old Glatzel family. They temporarily re- relocated to an old house at the edge of town with the intention of restoring it for future tenants. So basically, Deborah, who's a Glatzel family member, she mm-hmm. and she meets Arnie, and they become very close, and they become boyfriend girlfriend. And shortly after, you know, their relationship starts. Deborah's eleven-year-old brother, David, mm. that's the main, also a main character of this whole story. He becomes affected immediately. He has visions of haggard, sunburned old man, warning him to beware. I, I can't really picture that in my head, to be honest, but mm-hmm. that's. That's what we found That's in our the, research. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he also claimed that the man's appearance grew less human as his warnings grew more menacing. He'd appear with big black eyes, jagged teeth, horns, and hooves, and threatened to take David's soul. Now, I know, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of you know, talk about if demons do exist or not. I, You know, I, almost every professional that we talk to... Mm-hmm. Um, they state, you know, it's probably just an angry spirit. I, I, I'm not discrediting what they believe, yes. and, you know, but I, I hear stuff like this, and I'm like, oh my god, like this has, uh, there's got to be some form of demons out there. Yeah, I don't know, maybe there's be that, a type of spirit, yeah. you know, maybe it's not the actually from the devil himself. No, I agree with you, but, but still, it's a little bit more, I think, than someone that's just angry. Yeah, and like you know, if they think about like a parent hearing that, like that would just drive me oh, beyond yeah. terrified. Um, and then one day, his speaking of mothers, his mother, Judy, found him laying face down on his bed where he claimed he'd been shoved down by the beast man, which you do see in the movie, which mm-hmm. is a, a terrifying scene. Oh, yeah. And Judy claimed he would kick, bite, spit, swear terrible words. Also that he developed a habit of reciting passages from the Bible and John Milton's Paradise Lost at random. And from my understanding, I can be wrong, um, but that's the Paradise uh loss is that kind of that's kind of like a bible type of book i believe so from when i looked at when i did research I've heard, too, yeah, that's I've what heard, it sounds like yeah I, i've heard about that so that's you know and that's again scary. if this kid's just reciting this stuff and he's never been exposed to it uh, unless going on but. unless and like you know 11 year old has more intellectual than a four-year-old of so course. obviously they're more capable of yep. reciting the stuff but like I, i'm sorry by 11 years old i mean I, I you know i was baptized communion confirmed i did all the oh yeah sunday school i was not reciting passages I no just, i still couldn't recite a passage exactly. if you asked me yep and then this is what scares me the most is david would then develop scratches and bruises no one account for no that no one could account for 
He would also be seen to struggle against invisible hands tightening around his neck and also would be seen shaken violently as if he were a rag doll. I mean, my goodness, seeing that as a parent, like, I just, I don't know. I would just lose it. Oh, yeah. That's, like I always say, once they get physical with you, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. There's an issue. You know, you need to seek help. That's just, you know, because I just feel like your life is at jeopardy, to be honest. Um, oh, definitely. Especially if shaking violently like a rag doll. I mean, can you just imagine that? Like Your child? Like, yeah, no, and you can't I help couldn't. them? Like, no. Nope. Oh, my God. I can't imagine that it's whatsoever. Ter- it's beyond terrifying. The Glatzel family, they were extremely Catholic, and they sought out the Warrens to help David since they believed that, that the devil did get him. Um, and then this is where it gets, you know, a little bit where I'm just kind of like, you know, you just got to mind your business sometimes. No, you're right. Like, it's true. I, I just feel like personally, like mind your business, do the best that you can to help. But like what Arnie did, I mean, it's just no offense. Like I'm going to say a swear word, everybody, but what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, you're right though. Okay. So I'm going to jump a little bit forward and backwards so i do apologize if it's confusing but basically arnie comes in he sees the little boy distressed during a exorcism during a few exorcisms that's about to take place we'll go into that and he um says you know take me instead mm-hmm. come inside me instead which i'm like oh, and the devils are like okay oh yeah if you're inviting well, the demons in. i'm sorry i'll stand corrected yeah. the demons were spirits or like, okay, no problem. I'll go inside you instead. Like that's just the stupidest thing it that is. can yeah. ha- that can just happen. So basically, of course, they get help. They call in the good old Warrens. And keep in mind, everyone, this is not too long past the Amityville horror, so they were very still known mm-hmm. and famous. The Warren family. Upon meeting David for the first time, Elizabeth claimed to sense a dark presence right away. She would see a dark mist form next to him was meant to her dealing with a negative nature, which, okay, I, I can agree with. Mm-hmm, I agree. Um, Big Ed over here, he states that David had 43 demons inside Jeez. him due to the amount he was able to name. That's a large number. I don't think you yeah. can live with 43 demons inside of you. I mean... Yeah, 43 is a little exaggerated in my I, opinion, too. But. And also, like, if I'm... No offense, but if I'm one demon, you know, invading you, I could fuck. Like I can name other de- demon names. Exactly. They didn't go too specific into that, but I... I that's just something that I just don't don't believe. But um, this is what we just stated before, that the exorcisms occurred. They performed three exorcisms under, su- under the supervision of local priests. Mm-hmm. David levitated during these. He cursed and even stopped breathing at one point. And then this is where it gets tricky. And I could be wrong, but I don't think that this was in the movie. I could be wrong. Maybe I had to go make a bottle or something. But David also predicted a murder during the intense sessions. That was kind of one thing that stuck out to me. And I'm like bolded and highlighted and everything oh, in my yeah. notes here. Um, because I, I, I didn't know that. Definitely not from the movie. Um, yeah, I don't think I remember that from the movie either, to be honest with you. And I'm just laughing right now, so I'm reading my notes, and it says, here comes Arnie. <laughs> God. Damn, Arnie, don't get it. Oh, yeah, so why I, did you invite them? Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I kind of jumped ahead and back. Um, sorry if you guys are still following. Thing. Thank you. <laughs> but um, he, basically, he becomes desperate. You know, he's in love with Deborah and wants everything to be happy-dappy. He begs him to enter him instead during one of the exorcisms. And during the movie... You, you kind of see that happening. I'm not mm-hmm. spoiling anything, guys. I mean, this is not... Believe me, there's so much more to the movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. And you see Patrick Wilson getting, like, all... Oh! I'm like... 
No, I don't want to see. I don't want to see my man distressed. So I'm like, no, he was pretty distressed. <laughs> no, I'm getting, we're not going to spoil it, but but yeah. I'm like, all right, Arnie. Now you now you're messing with Patrick Wilson, but um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know why he did that. I, you know, I've learned kind of you can't really talk about things unless you're in people's shoes. So I don't know. He mm-hmm. just seems like kind of annoying where he's got to like kind of solve everything like when no one's asking. Yeah, to save the day in a sense. Like, yes, yeah, like no yeah. one's asking you, buddy. Sit down. But I feel like he almost just, made it worse at points then. For no like, offense if I see you going through. I'm not going to be like, oh, demons come inside me instead of jail. Like, no. Exactly. No, you no offense. Get, I love you to death. Get that shit out and get it out for good. I don't yeah, want that like, going. exactly. <laughs> um, he, yeah. So basically, he began to change. A couple of days later, which is no surprise, yeah. Deborah claimed he would go into trances in which he'd growl, hallucinate, and have no recollection after. Which, of course, you know, we're going to be getting all the DMs from all the psychology majors. Yes, that can obviously be a, you know, a mental... Yeah, d- mental, whatever, multiple personalities. Yeah, a mental... Yeah. Um, mental disease. Yes. I couldn't, I couldn't think for a second. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, I, I can't dispute that. It, you know, but... Going based on what happened with the exorcism, you know, it makes it a little bit harder to believe that it was, mm-hmm. you know, this pure science. But, um, so this is where it becomes tricky. Um, so, th- you know, he starts changing, things start happening. He even goes ahead and claims that the demon took control of his car and made him crash into a tree. He was unharmed. I mean, I just feel like I could just go ahead and be like, oh, I spilled something. Oh, God damn, the, the demon made me do it. Where, you know, yeah, I yeah, cursed right. you out. The demon made me do it. You know, it's, That could be an excuse. No. Yeah, to me, I <laughs> yeah. don't know. That's just not. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of maybe blaming things on different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, blaming things on the demon that, like, you just fucked up doing. That's just, <laughs> Exactly. That was your own fuck up, Arnie. I mean, also, I mean, if I feel like if a demon did make you crash you wouldn't be living that's mm-hmm. just my no I'm you're not right. unharmed you know at least be in the hospital for a couple of days get a nice body cast going on you something like that, no, that it's does, true. that's just how i feel um i guess they they found it too hard to deal with and Ar- so arnie and deborah they move out of the glatzel family home and they move into an apartment i don't know why deborah you are moving from your brother being possessed to your boy you know moving out with your boyfriend that's possessed right. like <laughs> You asking for danger because it damn say, seems she's like the it. common denominator in this problem. Here. Yeah, she might be the freaking problem. <laughs> <I know>, <laughs> Did anyone ever stop and think about that? No. <laughs> Sorry, so they, Deborah. And I'm kidding. <laughs> right? Um, don't, don't, please don't kill us. Thank you. <laughs> um, so this is where they meet Alan Bono, the gentleman that was unfortunately murdered by Arnie. Um, he becomes their uh, Alan Bono becomes their landlord. It's, it's, to me, this is very bizarre, but they they become like a three trio. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why. Sounds like more that maybe Alan liked Deborah. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> I'm making a lot of claims. No, in this, but it's, in this podcast, but it was just very. And the movie doesn't help you think of because they depict it in a way too that you exactly. Can kind of but from the pre research, I'm like, no oh one, yeah, no one thinks this is weird. Seems like it was a little bit closer than just that. But anyway. yeah, right. Um. So anyway, Deborah begins to work for him, of course, at a local kennel. And Alan and Arnie become really good friends as well. And Arnie would play hooky from work to hang out with him at the kennel. And this is like where Mama Bear comes in. Like, don't you got to work to mm-hmm. pay your bills, boy? Like, it's why are you true. playing hooky at the kennel? Anyway, so they become very all very close. You know, they're you know missing work. They're you know they're being the best of buzz at three of <laughs> three of them. <laughs> anyway, so on February sixteenth, nineteen eighty one, Arnie calls out of work so the three of them can go out to lunch. Alan, my man, gets very drunk. 
Um, they return to Alan's apartment, and Arnie and him have a huge fight. So they say some words. I guess it went bad. Mm-hmm. Arnie, pull, which I can insinuate that maybe the, Arnie may have been like, "Well, get off my girlfriend," or like, "Why you want to?" Yeah, I mess have a around with her. You know, a little bit of girl drama going on there. Yeah, I, I would think so too. But anyway, so Arnie somehow he had a five-inch pocket knife. In his pocket, he pulled that out, and he growled like an animal before stabbing Alan repeatedly. Alan suffered four or five tremendous wounds, which were mostly on his chest, and one that stretched from his stomach to the bottom of his heart. He died at the hospital hours later. Arnie was found three miles away from the murder site. Okay, I'm, like, yeah, like, you would think, okay, something like that could be demonic, you know, or deaf, you know or sinister, but, like, why was there a knife in your pocket? That's true, too. Like, was it kind of a premeditated? Were you keeping something in there because you didn't like this guy? I mean, like, yeah, exactly. I don't don't think that a demon or a ghost or a spirit is going to have a randomly put a a pocket into your, I mean, a knife into your pocket. No, I know. Maybe they made you, where they influenced you to put it in there, but I just, I don't know. But still, there's a lot of the story that doesn't add up correctly, I feel like, with things. Yeah, and then you see big old Arnie walking down the path, and he gets picked up in the movie by the police. Oh, yeah, and as he turns around, yep, you know, he's got some blood on him, as you would expect. And then he's got, like, those demon eyes going on, because good old Hollywood. Oh, yeah, good old Hollywood always always show you that stuff, yep. So the following day, Lorraine informs local police that Arnie was possessed when the crime was committed, which made the case famous in the media. And right away, book deals and film rights were offered to the Warrens. Because keep in mm-hmm. mind, guys, this is still new to, you know, Amityville is still new. Um, you know, and in the movie, you have something a little bit differently, where she kind of warns them that a murder is going to happen. They get there too late. Um, mm-hmm. That was a spoiler, guys, so I do apologize. But it's hard to not do spoilers in this type of episode. No, it's but true. I don't know. I mean, like, I just kind of feel like, you know, like if I was, like, a prosecutor and someone called me and like, goes, oh, he's possessed, I'd be like, okay, and? Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I think that was just kind of a little bit weird, to be honest. Um, the trial begins in October of 1981, October 28th. Arnie, of course, pleads not guilty. And the, in, the most infamous line from the case, which Arnie's attorney stated, the courts have death with the existence of God. And now they'll be asked to deal with the existence of demonic spirit. Then, mm. of course, you know, Arnie's main line, which is the name of this case, is the devil made me do it. Mm-hmm. You know... I can't even imagine a lawyer being faced with having that as a defense. Like it's just it's so yeah, new. Yeah, because that's the first time that they, you know, that this was ever used. So how exactly they have exactly. nothing to research themselves so, to figure out. How yeah, to help so, so in a way, like this is historic. This case, yeah, for sure. But um, the jury didn't buy it. He was found. This is what baffles me. I think more than, than the whole case. But he was found guilty of first degree murder on November twenty fourth of nineteen eighty one. Sentenced to 10 to 20 years, he only served five. Yeah. Five years for killing somebody? Like, that's... That I was, like, taken back by, Yeah, that's honestly. a little bit... Even 10 to 20, I'm like... Well, I guess yeah. the 1980s, it's different. It's over 30 years ago, so... Yeah. But, geez, five years? That, that's it? I, I don't know. It's sad. It's sad. No, it is very sad. Um, and also something important to now going... Going forward, so that's kind of like the end of the story. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, of course, when you watch the movie, you see Hollywood. Oh, yeah, they add in a lot. You got it, because you just can't make a movie like that. Yeah. Which I completely understand. But, um, you know, this whole, 
you know, this nineteen eighty one case. It all happened after the fifteen year long pop culture fascination with films such as Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist and coincided with the rise of multiple conspiracy theories collectively known as the nineteen eighties satanic panic. So the, if for those that, that don't know, which I had to do some research on, was the, the satanic panic is basically a baseless conspiracy theories, a bunch of baseless conspiracy theories about satanic cults committing mass abuse spread around the country, such as commercials were subliminally telling your kids to, you know, worship Satan, stuff like that, you know. Um, so, like, you got to go back in time. Like, I don't think something, something like this would happen today with today's, you know, society oh, and definitely. everything. Um, so it does fit into kind of what is going on in the world at the moment. Um, I don't know. You watch the movie and you see the poor boy who's, like, adorable and you feel so bad for him, David, in the movie. And you're like, you know. I know he's so cute. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy the case. But then again, what happened to me in, you know, the museum? I don't know. But when yeah. you read the facts, it just, you know... It just gets wishy-washy, you know. A lot of people doubt the Warrens. I don't. I don't know how I feel about them. I can't really decide, mm-hmm. to be honest. I do like. I do value all their research, you know. And but I just, you know, it's. I just feel like this case is kind of something for them to. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this keep case. the momentum up. Oh my! I, I said it, guys. <laughs> you know, it, it's just kind of like like when you do research, you kind of like look at things differently, mm-hmm. you know, than necessarily like you know a Hollywood movie and everything. I don't know. No, I agree. I don't know. It's just, and especially with, you know, like, I mean, the movie and the resource depicts, this, depict, depicts, oh, my God, three. Three of them being friends, Arnie, Deborah, and Alan. But I, I just, I don't buy it. I, I think just, there's more to the story. I think so, too. Like a love triangle. And also people got, you know, Arnie, I mean, uh, sorry, Alan got drunk. I mean, you don't know if, if Arnie got drunk. That yeah, wasn't, you know. which can kind of. I mean, being drunk can definitely affect your Yeah, and he was found three hours later, so who knows? Who knows if they even tested for alcohol? I know. You know. No, it's true. Were they doing drugs? Was there that involved, too? You don't know what could have been going on. Coming out from the 70s, I mean. Yeah, that was kind of a thing. Yeah, so I I don't know. I'm not 100% bought on it. You know, it's going to be interesting when I go back to the museum. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to hear your experience. I'll have to FaceTime you the whole time. I won't be allowed, but I'll be like. You're going to have to sneak it anyway. Don't make any it. sounds, Joe. But, uh, um, I'll mute myself. <laughs> but um, it's going to be interesting if I still feel what I felt. I, I yeah. can't describe it. It was like a burning. But, you know, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm undecided on yeah. this case. I, I got to be, you know, it could go either way for me. It could. I do. I don't know. I'm more on the side of I think that. He was under the influence of certain things and kind of got carried away, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because I think it was pretty much clear-cut that David was definitely under something. Cause he yes, was David. completely fine after the exorcism. I don't exactly. know if I said that. I can't remember, but he was completely fine. Mm-hmm. Arnie, I don't know. I mean, you're going to watch the movie, you think that he did obviously get possessed, but, like, yes, I don't know. again, you could thank Hollywood for certain things. I will admit, watching the movie, this was in the beginning. I'm not going to give anything away, but there was a bathroom scene, and this kind of... With this is when David was, um, being, yeah, 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 and I, uh, Trav and I were watching it, and I actually texted you, Melissa. We heard this loud bang, <laughs> of course. I freak out because I'm like the baby of every situation, <laughs> so I'm like, oh my god, someone's in the house. 
So we had to like pause the movie. I turned all the lights on. And I guess we shouldn't have really gotten up to look, but there was. See, I'm actually glad you're mentioning this. Yes. I really am. Yeah. I text you, text him. I'm like, do not get up. Now he's like, well, Trav already did. I'm like, Travis will be the first person killed in a horror movie. <laughs> like, oh God, we could never figure out what it was, so it freaked me that's, out. Yeah. That's the thing too. My my husband sometimes will be like, what the hell was that? I'm like. Yeah. A ghost. Yeah, been telling like, you this house is haunted. And of course, he was in the bathroom, David. When you know there was, I'm not saying anymore, but it's a little creepy. And then we hear yeah. the noise from our bathroom. Yeah, so definitely. It, just, it didn't sit right. Audience members, yeah. I love you. I want you guys around for a long time. You hear something when you guys are watching a movie. We're doing something that involves the spiritual realm. Do not get up and investigate. It it, it could be them communicating. That's what I'm saying. Like I just I don't know. I just that's what this certain things that just I can't. Yeah. Put my finger on that. This I don't know. I I I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't. I'm undecided. I'm like, I'm like maybe seventy percent that is bullshit, but thirty percent that it, it could go on. I don't mm-hmm. know. No, I know what you're saying. Believe me. I don't know. But also, I need to talk to you guys. I know I haven't. I'm like talking to you guys like you guys are right in front of me. <laughs> Everyone, sit down, hands in their laps, listen to me. <laughs> Crisscross um, applesauce, that's what I say in my class. I, I think I'm ready to, to discuss this um, with the Moldavite. Oh, yes. Listen, guys, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I got it. It was great. I sold my house for over $100,000 above asking price. Like, it just re- I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. today's market's insane. So that had to attribute. But it just, unless you're in my shoes, kind of, you'd be like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Because my house is small. It's a beautiful home, but it's small. And it's just, I mean, I don't want to list the price that it sold for, whatever. Everyone, I'm sure, is, you know, all from all areas of the country yeah. or whatnot. And you, so it might seem a little bit, you know, ridiculous. I mean, actually, it is ridiculous for what the heck it sold for. But it did. It sold for, like, an unbelievable deal that, like, if you would have told me you were going to sell your house for this amount of money, I would never believe you, like, mm-hmm. two months ago. I never disbelieve you. It just, it just makes no sense. Um so that happened with the Moldavite, and shortly after, and a lot of anxiety kicked in. I was fighting with people. I just, I wasn't my best self. I, a lot of things kind of happened to me that I'm kind of like, what the fuck? Um, I, I took it off. I took it off. And I, you know what? I'm okay with it and not, you know, bringing things into me, into my life. I might put it back on because one of my best friends bought the Moldavite. Samantha, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Not throwing shade at you, but I am. So it was funny because, you know, I was FaceTiming one of my best friends, Samantha, and um, the, other, the other day. And, you know, we, we talked for two hours and, you know, we caught up on everything, um, you know. And we had this lengthy conversation about everything, shits and giggles. But, um, you know, she didn't tell me she got Moldavite. I'm like, okay, whatever. Obviously, you know, that's fine. And then I see her on Instagram wearing a Moldavite. Well, I thought it was Moldavite. goes, that Moldavite? And she goes... Yeah, I'm like Samantha. I'm like, why didn't you tell me that you got that um that you got this Moldavite? We're talking about, you know that I, you know I got it. and I was happy about it exactly. and everything. You know, like you know, we're best friends. Why didn't you tell me? I I, I got I honestly got butt hurt over it. And then um you know she tells me she's not she's not wearing it correctly, guys. She's not wearing it correctly. She wears it sporadically. I said her straight. I said you know you want something to happen to you, you know please just know that. You might have one really great thing happen to you, and then it's just going to be kind of hell for you for a little bit. We're not until you take it off. Um, So I I told her how to wear it properly, and I told her I would put it back on, you know, with her, which I forgot to do. So, Samantha, don't kill me. But we, you know, I, I, 
Okay, so you're gonna put it back on. I think I am because okay. I want you know Samantha. I I want to be on the same path with Samantha and kind of lead her. Like, listen, if I'm feeling this type of way, you probably are too. Gotcha. You may yeah, not be realizing yeah. it. You know, we're not. But just, you know, I don't want her to go through the fire alone. That's just kind yeah. of how I and feel. And you, like you said, you're in tune with a lot of, like, she might not realize she's going I might be a little bit yeah. more aware this time. I know yeah. another people came back to me telling stories. Another one of my friends, you know, um, she got a Maldivite bracelet and then she suffered a serious fall where she concussed. You know, I, I don't know. Listen, you know, I just got to say, do it with caution. Yeah. Do it with caution, please, everybody. You know, it's going to, it might bring you something kind of like a genie, you know, you get, you know, your wish and then yeah. shit hits the fan. And yep. I don't know if it's worth it for shit to, to hit the fan, to be honest. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. But please let us know, guys, if you are one of the people like me that fell for the TikTok trend that bought the crystal. It's actually funny because I just came back from a trip from Cape Cod and I, there was a crystal store. I bought like 75 crystals. I'm like, I'm not playing games. I need, <laughs> I need the protection. I love them. They're still sitting in my car. At least they're charging because it's hot. But I definitely want to hear your stories, guys. Well, we want to hear your yep. stories. Definitely. And you know what? Listen, if you get the Moldavite and you really want something to happen to you, you want that job, you want to lose the weight, keep it on until you get that and then take it off. That's mm -hmm. just my, you know. No, that makes sense. You don't want to be too greedy because it sounds like if you keep wishing for too many things with it, it might not give you all all the positivity that you're thinking it will. Yeah, you know, and also, you know, do things with cautions. Maldivite supposedly comes from a UFO, you know, crash, so who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? But I, I, def I definitely want to know your take and your stories. But um, thank you guys for listening to this podcast episode. It was definitely a very interesting one. I think it like defeated me. I'm like I'm getting I'm like having a hard time reading. I'm like <laughs> I'm like a lot of you know what? There's got to be some energy to this. There really has got to be some energy to this. That's just how I feel. Oh, that's what I want. To say. Oh my god, I'm sorry guys. My memory has been so bad. I want to say that you know me and Joe for Mother's Day. I'm and I apologize. You guys are probably like this lady is crazy. I am crazy. She is. I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, a flaw of mine is that my thoughts are kind of just like all over the place. But um, we, we we've been giving people dragons. Yes. Have you guys listened to our interview with Patty Negri? Dragging it up, everybody. I bought literally like a ten, like a ten pack from like ten dollars on Amazon, and I gave him his little water, and he really did some good things for me so far. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit more safer than the Moldavite, to be honest. Definitely. Definitely. And like Melissa said, if you listen to that episode uh, with Patty, she explains in depth everything. What it does. Yep everything so that i feel a little bit more safer with but if you guys did get dragons we're in the maldivite just just let us know and of course don't forget to follow us on instagram paramomal activity podcast um on twitter it's paramomal p i know it sounds weird but that, that that's that's, that's just how it is allow, yeah <laughs> yes yeah, so you can also find us on tiktok as well and also, guys, we're starting this new thing. We want to have you guys as well. Jill, we're not getting rid of Jill's stories. We all love Jill stories. Oh, yeah. But we also want to get more of your personal stories, too. I think that, yeah. you know. We'd rather tell stories from, like, our, our listeners rather than looking up stories from people, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we would love to have you guys featured in the beginning of our episodes telling your story. doesn't matter how long, how short. We want to hear them, and we'll, we could do, do everything by Skype. For you guys. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are interested in doing that, please send us an email at Paramomal Activity Podcast at Gmail where we're DM us on Instagram or Twitter, wherever. We'll get the message and we'll love to have you guys on. Yeah. 
Sounds good to us, guys. We're excited to hear some stories. Yes, so please keep them coming. We would love to have you guys on. Anyway, guys, please stay safe. It's scary out there. That it is. a scary world. <laughs> As each case that, 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 that we discuss, it gets scarier and scarier. So just be careful, everybody. <laughs> have a nice day, guys. Stay safe.